Hey everybody, my name is Kyla. Welcome to my channel where I talk about the stock market and the economy amongst other things. Today I want to talk about Barbenheimer and I want to talk about Twitter.com. So Barbie and Oppenheimer opened up at the movie theaters this weekend. Huge record-breaking weekends sort of for both of the movies. People were super stoked on it for months leading up to it and it seems like it was very successful. And then Twitter for some reason rebranded to X.com. And I want to talk about the intersection of these two things because I think they're actually quite interconnected in the lessons that they can teach us about branding almost in terms of movies i've talked a lot about movies recently like the idea of nostalgia derek thompson has a really good podcast episode out on the idea of nostalgia and prequels and threequels and remakes sort of driving the hollywood industry and how people are just seemingly wanting to consume the same sorts of stories whether that be the marvel cinematic universe or the third remake of the little mermaid it just seems like Hollywood keeps on making the same sort of stuff. And one of the reasons that they're doing that is because it's pretty cheap to keep on making the same stuff, like the floor of making a superhero movie. It's pretty straightforward. You kind of know how audiences are going to react. It doesn't seem like a big, scary, risky bet. Like you just sort of know that people are gonna probably show up to see Thor, God of Thunder, right? Like. It just seems like that's something that people are going to do. And then also, uh, things have gotten a little tense, right? So there's different censorship laws that these movies want to comply to, which is why a lot of them use CGI. There was a good thread on Twitter about that. But when you're trying to comply to censorship, you're going to be a little bit creatively constrained. Like Barbie actually got in trouble uh, in one of the countries because it seemed like they were like, hey, what's going on? We don't like the way that this is framed here and movies want to avoid that because they want to make as much money as possible. But what's sort of interesting about the whole money part of the movie industry is that Barbie had a budget of 145 million, Oppenheimer cost 100 million, I believe they both broke that this weekend, they did super well. Like Barbie's opening weekend is the 24th biggest of all time, and among technical non-sequel prequels, it's the fifth biggest of all time behind, of course, Marvel Cinematic Universe and two Disney remakes, and both of those budgets, so the 145 million for Barbie and the 100 million for Oppenheimer were 200, were much less than the 250 million that Amazon built or spent on filming something called Citadel, which I think is a TV show. Maybe it's a movie. It's a limited series, I think. But the whole idea seemed to be for a while in Hollywood that we ha if we have to spend a lot of money on these movies. We have to make sure that these movies are going to appeal to the audiences. So they have to be a remake or a pre-make or a sequel, whatever. And then also we have to make sure that they comply to certain censorship rules so they don't irritate anybody. But what we can learn from Barbie and Oppenheimer is, and as IndieWire wrote, audiences are stating in no uncertain terms that IP and connected universes and sequels are not going to save theaters. The secret lies in investing in risky projects based on compelling ideas that challenge filmmakers and their audiences. And there's another good tweet that said, we are in awe of the Barbie marketing efforts in part because it is opposite of the overly hyper-targeted, personalized, efficiency-based, performance marketing, programmatic pipes approach that works against the ability for brands to create ubiquitous cultural moments. And so what Barbie and Oppenheimer did really well is they branded. They branded super well. Like people were all about that Barbie merch and all of these different brands were being a part of the Barbie universe. And it just became this cool thing for people to consume. And they sure did consume. They spent so much money on Barbie merchandise. I think like Barbie and Taylor Swift going on tour at the same time is actually really important because people were like girl power because of Taylor Swift and what she seems to stand for. And then also with Barbie, people were like girl power again. And then with Oppenheimer, you know, 
it should have been a December movie, as a lot of people pointed out, because like, it's so cold and dark and dreary. But people are just craving something different. And I think people are craving stories right now. I've talked about this in a lot of my videos, the idea of like, we need to tell better stories. And I think what Barbie and Oppenheimer did really well is um, tell really good stories. They told really good stories about really important things um, in a really unique way for both of them. It's just what people want, um, especially because movie theater tickets are kind of expensive, right? <laughs> There's actually this map that shows, it's just trending, but it, it shows the trending for each movie, so Barbie and Oppenheimer, and it seems like people in the, there's the Barbie belt, so people in the South were looking at Barbie. I think that the whole thing does teach us with the IndieWire point, where people want risky projects, they want compelling stories. I think that is something we just don't have a lot of goodness with right now. We just don't have people telling us these really interesting stories and part of the reason is the way that the movie industry is set up and also you have actors on strike writers are on strike right now a bunch of people are on strike but i want to talk about twitter too so twitter rebranded to x.com i think this morning as of this morning x.com had been shuttling people to a godaddy website that was selling couches or something but what's interesting about Twitter and Elon, and I've talked a lot about Elon's purchase of Twitter, and of course, like the man has, he's accomplished. You can't, you can't refute that. He has done a lot of good stuff. And what's interesting though about this rebrandx.com is that he's been sitting on this user, he's been sitting on this URL since 2017 when he bought it back from PayPal because Elon founded, co-founded x.com back in 1999 and then they merged with a company called Confinity and then Confinity had this system called PayPal and then the whole company got rebranded to PayPal. Elon had been the CEO of X.com and Confinity together and then Peter Thiel uh, was sort of reinstated as Elon got booted out because Elon wanted to rename this merged company to X.com and the whole thing was about you know creating a super app, creating this big financial payments system, uh, which is super interesting and important and good. <laughs> but I think that uh, we don't need another payments app. We don't need another payments app. We have Zelle, we have Venmo, we have PayPal, we have Cash App. There are so many different payments apps. And of course, the idea with X.com is if for it to become a super app where people can go and get whatever they want, um, the CEO of Twitter, Linda, the way that she described it was X is the future of unlimited interactivity centered in audio, video, messaging, payments, slash banking, creating a global marketplace for ideas, goods, services, and opportunities powered by AI. X will connect us in ways we're just beginning to imagine. And I think that's awesome and cool and great. But Elon is a visionary, right? Like he kind of has these big ideas, like he's able to get stuff done. No question about it. But he kind of needs an operator, right? Like he, the guy's, he's just not an operator. SpaceX, Gwyn Shotwell has done so much work there and has basically, you know, gotten that company to where it is. But Elon is, is the ideas guy. And so I think what's interesting about the rebrand as in X.com is the, the bird is so recognizable, but also it's just kind of like, it feels like he's focusing on the wrong things. So when we think about the movie theater industry, they're sort of focusing on the wrong things too. Like they're like, people want remakes, they want remakes, sequels. Elon is like, people want new, they want different. And everybody's like, no, we kind of just want to be tweeting. <laughs> and 
the, the company itself is really struggling. Like Twitter is really struggling. They're not paying rent. They're behind on payments of other stuff. They just are running out of money because advertisers like you shouldn't be maybe amplifying the people that you are. And that's not an opinion. It's, and if you have an opinion on who should be amplified, good advertisers might be disagreeing with your opinion there. It's just interesting because there was a thing from Seth Godin, Godin, who said, if Nike announced that they were opening a hotel, you'd have a pretty good guess at what it'd be like. But if Hyatt announced that they were going to start making shoes, you had no idea whatsoever what those shoes would be like. That's because Nike owns the brand and Hyatt simply owns real estate. About branding. It's all about branding. And I don't have a background really in like ads or anything like that, but I think that it's just so interesting that Elon has been sitting on this this domain and he's like, I really just want to use my domain x.com and like he just really wants to have this idea of a super app. He really wants to remain with a lot of attention on him as John Green pointed out. And I think that a part of him thinks it's funny and a part of it is funny, but it's um, it's also interesting too, like the idea of a super app because people are like, oh, we could just have how WeChat is in China, but that's a completely different market. Like China is not the United States. We have a bunch of payment apps like I discussed here. And also that was a very new system when WeChat started there. Uh, there wasn't nearly as much competition. And also we have different things like FedNow that are developing. Um, and I made a video about FedNow and of course the comments were full of people being like, they're going to control all our money. And it's like, dude, they, no, number one, and then number two, if they wanted to, they're already doing that, probably, right? Um, it's just something that a, all, all other countries kind of have. All other countries have a banking system that is fully functional, and you don't need a Venmo and a Cash App and a Zelle because you just use the app within the banking system, and FedNow is a potential solution to that, and so that could just stab a little pin right in the x.com balloon but I think to sort of tie these two things together, I really love that line from IndieWire's piece on Broadway and Oppenheimer. The secret lies in investing in risky projects based on compelling ideas that challenge filmmakers and their audiences. I think that people want better stories. They want stories that are interesting and they want a way to feel connected to that story. And so I think what Elon has done with rebranding Twitter and X.com. It's become a really big personal project for him, which like, hey, if I spent $44 billion, it would be my pet project too, because I would love to have that sort of like liquid cash flow. So, and it's not liquid cash flow, I know, I know. Like Morgan Stanley's probably gonna take it over. But he was able to buy it. He was able to get the financing for it. And now it's kind of his pet project. But I think most people on Twitter are just like, hey, listen, we kind of just want the simplicity of how it was. If you want to make the app better for everybody involved, sure. Like if you want to create a way for us to search liked, to search our own liked tweets, or to have functional bookmarks, or to maybe integrate with other apps. Twitter has a super valuable user base. They had kind of valuable monetization. But the reason that Elon wanted the Twitter in the first place was because of the users, because of the data. And what might be happening is he's just alienating those people by trying to build an app that could easily get displaced by an app that should have existed from the federal government a long time ago. I hated how I just pronounced that. Federal <laughs> but I, I think that people either, they want simplicity in the things that they know, 
And then they also want to be challenged to achieve better things. And so I think that if he came out with a big plan that was more agreeable, people would be down. Just like how Barbie and Oppenheimer came out with a plan that was like, hey, like we're not going to kind of do things the way that it's always been done. We're going to do them a little bit differently. And here's how we're going to do it. And here's how it kind of benefits you versus like, hey, I'm going to throttle your DMs. And of course, I'm biased. Everybody's biased at the end of the day. But I do think that both of these things show us, you know, people want that simplicity um, and they want to be challenged in a way that is productive to most instead of just a few. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks so much for hanging out. I hope that you all are doing okay. I know that this topic is kind of funny. It's kind of weird. Hopefully I tied it together okay. But yeah, hope you all are doing all right out there and I'll talk to you very soon. Goodbye.